$2.3 million in a single month. Welcome to a brand new episode of This Week in Apps. I'm Ariel from AppFigures, and this is my weekly roundup of interesting news from the world of mobile apps and sometimes games. OpenAI is really missing out on lots of revenue by not publishing a native mobile app. Some of you might be thinking, it's probably not that much money, but it is. It really is. Developers have flocked to the App Store and Google Play to bring ChatGPT to mobile phones. And in most cases, the apps don't innovate or improve. Just make it available on phones. Yes. But the rewards are pretty grand. Although 400 more apps mentioning ChatGPT were released to the App Store and Google Play in April, one has risen to the top of the chart chat with SKI is the app. And if you've been looking at the top charts, you probably saw it up high. It's the number three most downloaded app in the US App Store right now. In 22nd on Google Play, so obviously bigger on Apple. I know why, I'll show you in a second. There are a handful of others all over the top charts, but I'm going to focus on this one because its trend is the strongest. Launched a little over a month ago, Ask AI, which should do a better job with its ASO, has already made its way into more than 5.1 million iOS devices. Those downloads are a direct result of the AI wave that's washing over pretty much everything right now, but also the result of heavy investment in Apple search ads, which explains why it's better on Apple. According to our ASA intelligence, the app is paying Apple for discovery in more than 1,800 keywords in the US. That's a lot of keywords. This isn't what's grand though. The real reason I brought Ask AI up is it's its revenue. The developers can't really pay for that. The app started monetizing at the end of March, just about a month ago. And in that month, Ask AI has already earned $2.3 million of net revenue from the App Store. And that's just from the App Store and after handing Apple its fees. A crude calculation shows Ask AI is making about 45 cents from every download, probably enough to continue funding its Apple search ad campaigns, which means this growth will continue. Given the success of this trend, I really don't see any reason to not wrap ChatGPT into a mobile app and toss it into the mix with everyone else. It doesn't mean it'll succeed, but you'd have to do so little to ride this wave. Not doing it feels like a missed opportunity. If you're a developer, this is your hint. Next, my Twitter feed was full of, do you have a blue sky invite? Type tweets this week, that voice too. Reminding me of the latest Twitter alternative to join the race for social media domination. But if we're being honest here, Blue Sky is really an alternative to Mastodon, not Twitter. Blue Sky, which requires an invite to use, made its way into 360,000 iOS and Android devices since rolling out in February, according to our estimates. But most of that came in the last few weeks. The majority of the downloads came from the App Store as the Android version just launched a little over a week ago. Now, in comparison, Mastodon's official app was downloaded 150,000 times in the same period. And I, I don't think it's fair to compare it to Twitter's downloads, which are in the million. So I'm not going to do that. I haven't used Blue Sky personally because I don't have an invite, but from its screenshots, it looks identical to Twitter, which makes sense because the same person built both. Now, that's actually a good thing if you compare it to Mastodon because it's just a little less confusing. Now, I don't think that it's going to be easy to beat Twitter at being Twitter, but at least the less confusion means it might be easier to adopt. I don't know. We'll see. I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. The only way to replace Twitter is to invent something different, not to copy and paste. But from a totally different point of view, it's been a while since the App Store saw an exciting invite-only launch. The last I can think of is Clubhouse, 
oddly enough, an attempt at something different. Now, Clubhouse recently announced a bunch of changes to its company, and I'd say it's a failed attempt. If you have a solid argument for why a copy of Twitter can dethrone the original, I'd really like to hear it. Fight me in the comments. Moving on. If you've been watching the top apps in the US, you'd probably know about this trend, but you may not know its magnitude or the impact on the competition. The trend I'm talking about is the rise of CapCut, TikTok's standalone video editor. While the app has been out for a few years now, it only started monetizing recently, and that's moving very fast. CapCut has been one of the most downloaded apps in the US for quite a while now. Right now, it's the number two most downloaded app in the App Store and the fifth most downloaded app on Google Play. That translates to around a million downloads every day worldwide. Downloads aren't necessarily a good proxy for growth for CapCut though, because a mention in the TikTok app is more than enough to get downloads to where they need to be to push it to the top, and TikTok's parent ByteDance has enough money to spend on ads, so it can really get as many downloads as it wants. Not a good enough proxy. A better proxy would be revenue. CapCut recently rolled out an in-app purchase that unlocks new features in January, Daily net revenue from the App Store started small at around $20,000 a day. And that's net, meaning what ByteDance gets to keep after forking over fees to Apple. By the beginning of February, that daily figure grew to 30,000. And by April, it was already at 56,000. You might be thinking, that's not that much money. But keep in mind, these are daily figures that keep growing every single day. As of this Wednesday, daily net revenue was up to $82,000. At this rate, CapCut's revenue will outpace the leader of Facetune by the summer. And there's no real reason for this growth to slow down as TikTok continues to grow. Keep that in mind. Next, Zoom, the app that made lockdowns slightly less depressing for many of us, has hit a new pace of downloads that wraps up three years of insanity. Downloads are finally below where they started pre-pandemic, and that's not a bad thing. Everyone and their mother, aunt, and dog walker know what Zoom is at this point, and out come the video conferencing app couldn't have predicted pre-COVID. In downloads, that means more than a billion downloads since 2020, a billion with a B, at its peak all the way back in Q2 of 2020. Zoom's mobile app was downloaded by more than 200 million people worldwide, according to our estimates. Three years later, Zoom saw just 38 million downloads in Q1 of this year. Still a massive number, but nothing in comparison to its peak. Now, that's not a bad thing. Zoom was meant to be a business tool, and that intent never really changed. It was hijacked to handle happy hours, trivia nights, and at-home raves, but at its core, it's a meeting tool. The need for everything but the meeting tool is gone, and for a meeting tool, it's seeing the most downloads in its category. The next competitor on the list is Google Meet, and it's made its way into less than half of the devices Zoom did in March, just 17 million according to our estimates. Now, as a side note, these numbers only reflect downloads of the mobile app which isn't the primary way to use Zoom professionally. But that's exactly what I'm going for here because it is a better proxy for casual use. And that's what we're looking at. To me, the drop in downloads marks the end of an era. And that's a good thing. And last for this week, Google finally made its Authenticator app useful by adding the ability to sync accounts and codes across devices. It did that after releasing almost no updates in the last two years. Why do that after so many years of just coasting? Well, Microsoft. The most popular authenticator app in terms of downloads right now is Microsoft Authenticator. It made its way into five and a half million iOS and Android devices in March alone, according to our estimates. Google saw 4.2 million downloads. Not that far off, but 
March was a really good month for Google. It's not common. For some perspective, in October of last year, Microsoft saw 6.7 million downloads for its authenticator app, while Google saw 3.6 million. So nearly a half. So far in 2023, Microsoft is leading with 19.1 million downloads versus 14.7 million downloads for Google. But when we zoom in on the App Store, where Google doesn't have a competitive advantage, Microsoft is winning nearly two to one with 10.4 million downloads versus 5.9 million. Demand for authenticator apps is growing more rapidly now as more and more platforms start requiring two-factor authentication to log in. I expect that by the end of this year, most people who use online platforms will need an authenticator app to just exist online. And I'm talking about even the non-technical folks. When looking at the trend of downloads and the choice between Microsoft and Google, it's clear Google hasn't lost a race yet, but is or was very close to losing it. And that's with it being the favorite on Android devices for obvious reasons. It looks like Google got ahead of this just in time to not become completely irrelevant, but there's really no guarantee this change can undo all the years of neglect. And there's a lesson here. If you're a developer, don't fall asleep at the wheel like this. There are a few things you can do to understand the competition, which you really have to do. And I talk about them in this video, which you should definitely watch. I'll see you next week.